welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you. And on tonight's episode, we got a treat. We actually have a human being in our studio with us. Yes, we do. N- not over the phone, and it's not my mom <laughs> who's, who's visiting on holiday. Ian Horn is uh, joining us to share his real ghost stories. And I guess we could kind of... Uh, Summarize as a bit of a haunted life. Would that be somewhat accurate, Ian? You know, that's really a great way to describe it. Um, you know, I'm not one of those. I, I don't. I'm one of those guys who who tells the ghost stories without fear of, of reprimand and, and ridicule because I, I'm not going to make this stuff up. I I am I'm strong on my convictions about the things I've seen and heard, mm-hmm. and I have no gains to be made sure. for me to tell these stories. I just like telling these stories. I like telling ghost stories. I like yeah. I like people listening and then going, ooh, the, the hair standing up in my... You know, I dig this stuff. You've some come- of it's scary, some of it's fun. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah. You've come to the right place. Excellent. Because <laughs> that's uh, what we do ever, every day. Ever since you and I met, I've been yeah. looking forward to, to coming over here and, and, and sharing stories. Yeah. It's funny. Now, uh, a little bit of a, a background here for you. Ian actually is is the person who has replaced me in my formal, former life and yeah. former job and in the radio station yeah. uh, here in, in Wichita. And that's how we met. It was when I was... Showing you around the radio station. You, you were training me. <laughs> exactly. We, we had to have things to talk about in between yeah. the records, and we decided we had a mutual uh, yeah. interest in, in the paranormal. I'm like, okay, if I'm playing the country music, I'm going to go talk about ghosts now yeah. for a living. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so it's awesome that you're uh, you're here with us tonight, and uh, you have some EVPs and some stories. Uh, so we're going to do all that. Of course, along with your calls and uh, and your stories, you've uh, written into us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. The phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. If you're not an EPP yet, please consider becoming one. That's an extra podcast person. It's only five bucks a month, or you can do the sixty dollars a year option, and uh, you get an extra episode sent to you every single week, and you have the satisfaction and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are supporting this show. So please uh, consider doing that to the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. So let's just get right into it here tonight, uh, Ian, and let's uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit about, about uh, some of your background before we go into EPPs and such. Okay. Um, how we kind of alluded to uh, a bit of a haunted life, and this this starts fairly uh, at a fairly young age for you, does it not? Yeah, as far as uh, how I, I got to Wichita, I was born in England, um, moved to the states when I was seven, lived in California, Maine, Florida, New Hampshire, various states and parts of the country, and uh, ended up here. Uh, okay, that's the Reader's, Reader's Digest version of my travels. Uh, as far as my my haunted life, you know, early, 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 three, four years old, we we were living in this uh, flat, and this this first story kind of comes. Uh, by way of my mother, um, since I was so young, I don't necessarily remember it. But she, uh, she again, is no reason why not why to make it up. She's she, she's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this flat we lived in in Woolwich, uh, London, a suburb of London. Um, she was uh, always experiencing things like lights in the kitchen. The, the kitchen was very very active. Lights in the kitchen, not just flickering, but physically turning on and off in real time, mm-hmm. as if you were to be throwing a switch and someone was standing at the wall playing with a switch. Uh, stools sliding across the floor at the speed of what you see in the movie Poltergeist. That's the only thing I can reference it to. You know, not mm-hmm. just a little uh, time elapsed over a period of hours. This thing is screaming across the floor. Yeah. Cabinets opening and closing and things like that. It just became very commonplace. It never seemed to be any sort of malicious intent behind it. It was just letting her know that she wasn't alone in the, in, the, in this flat we, we, that she was renting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one story she tells with, with great conviction is we had this really old, heavy dining room table, uh, mm-hmm. d- drop leaf, uh, that you would uh, need at least two men your size and my size to, to lift out. It was very difficult for one person to, to lift out. And she was dating this gentleman at the time, and uh, they woke up one morning, and the leaf to the table was missing. And it was propped against the wall with the words Arthur scribbled in, etched in, on the underneath of this leaf. Oh, what? Like, uh, like physically, yeah, jam- like, like a knife almost? Yes, oh, like, if, like Shawshank Redemption, counting the yeah. days while you're in the cell sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they had no absolute, no explanation for it, and, and her 
boyfriend at the time and another one of his friends who was a bodybuilder actually were the two who had to put the leaf back in because he couldn't do it by himself, if that gives you any indication of how heavy this table was. Yeah. And it's something that just happened overnight. Um, so, you know, this went on and, and that was really the biggest thing, the most uh, physically dramatic thing. Uh, no idea who Arthur was. She didn't really go to the extent of doing any sort of background on the, on the, the house that we were in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the odd thing was is that whole etching of the name and the table thing was kind of the last straw. She spoke to the landlord, and um, he removed all of his. He had these. I think she said they were they were World War One or World War Two um, artifacts. I want to say one um, artifacts, war war memorabilia mm-hmm. that he had stored in the attic, and he removed them all. And everything, activity, kitchen, everything stopped. You know, uh, so I'm led to believe it's one of those instances where you know objects. Um, can carry some sort of a, a, a paranormal activity to them. Sure. Wow. Uh, wow. How interesting. So, so that was the begin. That was the yeah, beginning of it. So that's the beginning <laughs> of of your haunted life. And and this was how how long were you uh, in England? How uh, long almost you? seven. I moved okay. to the states when I was just about seven years old. Okay. Um, you know, and, and and the the England stories I I only remember from my mom telling me. I don't, I personally don't remember seeing or hearing anything as a kid. If I did, I blocked it out. I, I was too busy playing with my record player and you know listening to Elvis and things like that. So. Did your mom have any stories of, of paranormal things happening to her in years prior to, to like that incident? No, nope, not that she's ever discussed. Um, it was all, it just all seemed to be in that house. Okay. Um, there was one story I don't tell too often just because it happened during a party and you know, the Brits like their... Their, uh, their spirits and uh-huh. the drinking kind. And, and uh, there was a story of a gentleman who saw uh, something go by a, a door. It was almost like an opaque kind of a plexiglass um, clouded door. And a figure went by there, but there was no one in the room. Mm-hmm. That's the story that came from the party. But again, uh, who's to say how much one person is? <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't tell yeah. that story with any sort of legitimate uh, yeah. you know, factual uh, ways of backing it up. It could have just simply been too much booze. When you add that variable into the mix, it's yes. kind of like, well, could be a ghost story. Might not. You never really But know. during the middle of the day, you know, mom sober as a church mouse, as she's always been. And... and uh, the stories of things moving in the kitchen and lights turning on and off, I, I totally believe are, are sure. legitimate. So, so you're, eight, you're eight years old. You get into uh, to California, and, and more stuff is happening there? Yeah, we lived in a place called Mount Laguna, California. And the reason we came to the States is my aunt married a gentleman in the Air Force, and, and so she moved, took my grandmother with them, and we decided, okay, you know, we're going to keep the family together. So we moved to Mount Laguna, California, up in the Cleveland National Forest, south of San Diego, about 6,500 foot elevation, uh, and it was a, it was like a, a satellite observation Air Force base mm-hmm. sort of thing, uh, telescopes and all that. And we lived off base because we weren't military, and we lived in this cabin. And the one thing that happened there that still kind of sticks with me, and I still have absolutely no explanation for it, and, and you know, you're in the middle of the woods, and there are critters, and there are squirrels, and things like that. But the cabin was, was built on a crawl space foundation, very similar to what you probably find at beach houses in Galveston or the Outer Banks, you know, Nothing really more than just two by fours. Sure. Uh, and that was probably about a two and a half, three foot crawl space. That we'd see rattlesnakes in there and things like that. And then the window to the side of the house that I saw these, these, these eyes in, you're talking a good, you'd have to be a good six foot human, six and a half foot human to look in that window. That's how high this window was off the ground. And mom's working uh, one night and me and my sister are at home. And, and uh, this was back in the days when, you know, parents felt okay to leave their eight or nine year old kids at home without... Sure. Uh, too much reprimand and and uh we were fixing dinner or something and i went to grab my bowl and i was walking back to the living room and i looked and the window was to my left at this point and i looked and there were these two red eyes um and the only thing i can liken it to over the the, the stories i've heard in the movies i've watched over the years is uh, think mothman how everyone's always described those those kind of red eyes okay I mean, this wasn't any sort of animal i mean not that i could think of i mean i've seen dog eyes in the dark and 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 you know vermin, and these were big, red, glowing, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of it kind of unnerved me. Um, I would not be surprised if it would. You know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an, I'm an eight year old kid, and, and yeah. I've heard stories of, of you know, do you want to try and explain it away? Could it have been a bear up on its hind legs? Sure, um, it could have been everything from that to the other end of the spectrum. Could it have been you know Sasquatch? I mean, who, who, who knows? Yeah. So um, these were eyes that were peering in. From the outside yep. into your 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 house, and they had to be something had to be really tall to it, get it, up. Yeah, onto at it. least a good six sure. six and a half feet high because that window was so high up. The yeah, that's um, really bizarre. 
that is. I, I mean, my mind goes when I see her. The red eye story is Jody the pig. Yes, you know, from yeah, Amityville yeah, Horror. Yeah, right. So that's where I was going with it. But, but, but there's there's a distinct difference though, and we get stories a lot too where people say they're they're seeing eyes, and they're very distinct on what they're telling us. It's this is not a dog. This is not a cat eye. This yeah. now you can tell what what type of eyes belong with yeah. what. You know, sure. if you're shining a flashlight around, if you're seeing pair of human eyes you can tell it's human eyes over a, a dog or a pig my dog was in the in, in the backyard last night and i had a flashlight on his eyes and mm-hmm. uh because i find it fascinating they they were very fluorescent almost fluorescent blue mm-hmm. uh, but they were definitely you know dog dog's animal, eyes round eyes sure um but it's it's actually a really great lead-in that you mentioned the amityville horror because our time in california that was really the only thing that ever happened there but then we ended up moving cross-country my my uncle uh, got stationed in a at a Air Force Base in, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And, okay. And, um, he and my sister and myself and our cats uh, traveled cross country. My aunt and my grandmother had already gone. And the stopping point was his parents' house in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So we had a house full. And uh, I was, I guess, nine going on ten at the time. It was that summer uh, in between nine and ten. And I had just started reading the Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I had an early fascination with just scary stuff. Sure. Uh, things that go bump in the night. And, and I just start, and I couldn't put it down. I mean, I, I, I think I read that book in about three and a half, four days. And, and um, with this house full of people, my Nana and I uh, had to sleep out on the sun porch. It was middle of summer. It was warm enough. And, and there, was a couple of, there were a couple of cots where we were at one end. At the other end was this porch. Um, and at, at night, you could clearly, thanks to the light of the moon, distinguish everything that was in that room. I mean, sure. It wasn't very dark at all. So uh, I, attri- I, I guess I attribute this to um, you know, my being so wrapped up in the Amityville horror, but I'm, I'm laying in bed one night and I'm asleep, and this, I'm going to preface this by saying this still to this day uh, has changed my habits as far as if I wake up in the middle of the night and see a jacket on the back of the chair, I for a brief moment think it's what I saw back in, in West Virginia when I was, when I was young. But uh, I woke up on, the, on this one particular night, and um, I looked down the foot of the bed uh, as, as things were lined up toward that porch swing, and there is this clear, as I'm looking at both of you, this female shadow figure. It was just a female silhouette, mm-hmm. long hair, one knee on the porch swing, one foot on the floor, and she's got her hand, and she's motioning this, this come here movement with her hand. I am unconsolable at this point. It freaked me out. I start screaming, and my nana's waking up, and she's shaking me, thinking I'm having a bad dream. Mm-hmm. Light still hadn't been turned on yet. So, you know, she's trying to console me and tell me it's all in my head. And so I open my eyes, thinking, okay, well, maybe it is all in my head. And this figure is now getting off the porch swing and walking toward the bed. And... I, is Nana there? Nana's there. She sees nothing. Okay. She sees nothing in the dark. At that point, lights are coming on, and the whole house is woken up because I am I'm hysterical at that point. Yeah. Sure. Um, so you know, and I've, I've got chills just talking. Um, so even to this day, if I as, as a grown adult, um, you know, if there's a shadow on the wall or if there's a, a, a pile of clothes in the corner of the room, I for a, I have to physically make sure I'm awake and know what I'm seeing mm-hmm. um, because I mean that really stuck with me. Uh, and I have no explanation to what it, I absolutely have no explanation to what it was. I could clearly see and define everything in the room. Sure, but that you, was you were about eleven when that happened. Yeah, about about okay. ten. About it was the, it was the summer between nine and ten. Okay, a, and I mean that is. Uh, I mean, I remember I, I read that book around that age too. Yeah, yeah summer reading, and pretty much yeah. I sat there on the porch and read the whole thing. Yes. And I was like, oh my god, this is great. And now the interesting thing is. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe there is any shadow people in Amityville there, Horror. There are not. No. Um, Jody the Red, Red-Eyed Pig. Sure. Um, you know, and, and but there are no reference to... You know, there, there's, no no there's, reference to like what you just described yeah. of what you experienced. So, because uh, I'm trying to think if, if, you know, you're a 10 or 11-year-old kid, you're, you know, caught up in the book, and then, oh, okay, you're almost recreating something that you thought of, but that's really not at all. I didn't know whether it was a catalyst for something, or whether there was, a, yeah. you know, it's, it's West Virginia, and West Virginia has its its own haunted histories, and, sure. and Civil War, and what have you, and who knows what it could have been. Yeah, because the only thing I can, I can kind of relate to like that, around that same age, another thing that I loved watching was uh, Thriller. Yeah. Uh, and, and I remember watching that over and over and over and over. And one night... Time to go to bed, and I know that this was just my imagination because of watching that damn video so much, but I can clearly, to this day, still remember looking up 
the stairway all the way up into there's like three doors there's my parents bedroom the uh, the bathroom and my door and i could clearly see a zombie from the video mm-hmm. in front of each door like michael jackson zombie yeah. standing there in front of my door with the red jacket Darkness on falls across the land. yeah yeah, and, yeah. and all and and it was clear and i'm like and i'm freaking out screaming my mom's like what stop you know tr- stalling to go to bed yeah I'm like, no, and everywhere I looked and around the house, I saw, and I know I was not actually seeing ghosts, but that was because of the video. And so clearly I could link that to the video and those images. What you just described was not connected imagery at all. And that's what makes me really think you weren't having an experience like I had. I think you actually saw something. Yeah. Yeah. Had you ever even heard of shadow people at that age? No, no reference to shadow. I didn't learn about shadow people really until later on in life when I, and we'll get to the story about the house investigation, when we started looking more into things that were going bump in the house we were living in at that time. But I was just wrapped up in a book and I had, I had no clue what it was. I thought someone was physically in that room. Sure. And and it was, it was quite unnerving. So, wow. Um, you know, and, and for an eight or nine year old kid, it's, 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 you wonder, you know, you wonder if, paranormal activity and ghosts present themselves to children because no one's really going to believe them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've often thought that in, in that instance, you know, the, the red eyes or what have you. Maybe, they, maybe they're more aware than we give them credit for, smarter than what we give them credit for as far as what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so uh, got across country, got to New Hampshire and Maine and, and um, you know, lived on base for a few months with my uncle until my mother found a house in, in southern Maine and and uh, all was, I mean, relatively quiet um, for a long time through, through, through I guess, high school and, and uh, um, a few years beyond. Um, you know, I never really had much more activity to speak of until we start uh, renovating a house. My, my wife at the time, uh, we were both big into uh, renovating old homes. Okay. And, uh, you know, anyone who listens to your show or is, yeah. they know that... Can be a recipe for stirring things up. It certainly can. Um, <laughs> you know, and my wife was great at fixing stuff. I was the demolition, you know, and we'd mm-hmm. go room by room. And, and we had this um, great old house in uh, Stratford, New Hampshire, uh, circa where we tried... We tried once we started looking into the history of the home, when things started happening, we got as far back as I think it was early 1800s, but we think it went back into the late 1700s. Uh, old beehive oven down in the dirt floor basement, an indoor piggery. Uh, in- indoor piggery? Yes. What is a piggery? Uh, for the pigs when uh, in the winter. Uh, it allows them to stay warm while they get fat for the spring. So if you're, you're winter pigs and you're spring pigs and things awesome. like that. Oh, no, it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need a piggery. No. <laughs> Can we, we add one under the deck? <laughs> no way. There's room down there. No way. We, Hey, we're doing the enclosed deck. We can make a piggery. <laughs> there was also an indoor privy or outhouse okay. um, on the other side of that. So it kind of gives you an idea of, of the character of this, this, old, this old home. Uh, there were mason jars full of things that we didn't know how long it had been there. It looked like, some, I mean, honestly, we've seen all the horror movies. Yeah. It, it, some really unsavory things in there that we just kind of left in this, in this cabinet and left it closed. But uh-huh. We didn't know what it was. Food, it, looked, it was supposed to be foodstuffs, but who the heck knows? Yeah. There's, so, there's some things you just leave. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we start, we start renovating this home. Um, you know, and, and it's cool. It's got the old newspaper uh, tin that they used in the old newspaper machines turned outside, so it was reversed images. So as you're walking down the basement stairs, you can kind of read the newspaper backwards if you felt so inclined. Uh, little character things like that. You know, we were tearing down ceilings that people had uh, covered up these old exposed beams and the gunstock corners. Great New England charm in this, in this old cape. And uh, we started uh, room by room, and we started in the dining room, and uh, we started pulling all, all the horsehair plaster off and the old lath work and things like that, and, and uh, we were done for one night, and we put the mudding trawl um, on the dining room table and left it there with our various tools and things like that. Mm-hmm. Woke up the next morning, mudding trawl was at the foot of our bed. Just the two of us in the house. What were you thinking at that point? We had um, certainly at that point figured out that, that we had probably purchased a, a haunted uh, house. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what extent, we didn't know. We didn't know whether the, 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 the spirit was malicious or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he, someone was certainly trying to get our attention. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, so little things like that happened over time. Rocking chairs moving by themselves. We could be sitting there like we're sitting now watching watching TV. And we had this great uh, old rocking chair that we picked up at a flea market that we were looking to uh, recane the seat. And uh, out of the corner of my eye, 
Uh, it rocked hard, like if you were to get out of a rocking chair, um, how it forcibly goes forward, mm-hmm. uh, not just a little creak, you know, like it's the wind. I mean, it forcibly went all the way forward, like someone was getting up out of it. Sure. You know, so that can be a bit, that can be a bit, a, a bit weird for someone who's not expecting it to know that someone was just sitting there. And that's kind of the way we looked at it. So we got in the habit of just talking out loud, you know, and saying, look, we know this is your house. We're just trying to bring it back to its original charm. We don't mean any disrespect. And that kind of, I think it helped them and us, you know? Sure. <laughs> because yeah. we were trying to, I guess, justify in our mind that everything was going to be okay and the walls weren't going to start bleeding and things like that. I sure. Mean, <laughs> well, and you, <laughs> we, we've all seen yeah. the movies. Exactly. Yes, and you don't know what you're dealing with <laughs> right. quite at that point either. So you're hoping this is just something reasonable and maybe a one-time human entity. And that, honestly, we, when we get those calls and those stories, sometimes people just ask, what should we do? Yeah. And then... Our answer is usually based on some other story from somebody telling us what they did in the same sort of thing. And a lot of times it's just that. It's speaking out loud. It's having a conversation. It's almost reasoning with the things. Yeah. And if they're maybe we're human at one time, they usually kind of go, okay. Or, or the, the activity will go down a, we, a little bit. We didn't know if someone had died in the house. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this house, and one of the things um, I found really fascinating about the, the character of this house was it had... Um, what you call a birthing room or a fainting room. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with old homes, um, they're called, depending on who you talk to, fainting room. Women had the corsets in the, back in the day, uh, very tight, very hard to breathe. Um, and if they fainted, they, that would be the room where they could go sit a spell. It had a pass-through window that going to the adjoining bedroom so they could pass them a, a, a beverage and let them get their wits about themselves. Uh, people also call it a birthing room, which uh, I'm not too familiar with the process there, but I think the uh, woman, when she goes into labor, that's where she goes to have the child. Okay. Um, and it's just this little tiny room, traditionally in these old you know, New England homes or old homes, that's typically at the top of the stairwell um, and in between a bedroom or two. Uh-huh. So it had some great charm, but we didn't know, did, did, did babies die in that room? I mean, we knew what the room was. Sure. Sure. But and you got to figure, odds are, depending on how old the home was, right. you know, that, I mean... Mortality rates were in all that you know, when they would have been using it as a birthing room. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we had this activity going on. The only part of the house I ever felt uneasy in was uh, the bathroom, which was on the back side of the house, oddly enough. Whenever I was in that room showering or shaving, it just... You, you got the presence somebody was watching. I mean, and, I, and I, you know, I've always been pretty in tune to that sort of feeling, that, that skin, the hair on the back of your neck standing up, that feeling of being watched. That was the only room where I felt a constant presence of someone. Yeah. Know? So, um, you know, I, we, we were telling our friends our house was haunted. We thought it was cool, and, and uh, our friends didn't think so much. You know, they very, we didn't have too many people over for dinner parties and things like that. The, the, one, <laughs> the one woman who did come over at one point uh, walked through the door with a crucifix. Um, <laughs> so she was well aware. You know, it was a bit dramatic. Um, yeah. And, you know, these old homes, one thing we were always, and this is, this is why I preface that with, with her coming with a crucifix, because uh, these old homes, the old doors, you know, the foundations have settled and things like that. We always, just out of force of habit, every time you close a door behind yourself, you close it and give it a, a shake to make sure it's latched. Sure. You're still dealing with some of the old original or replica hardware, but you, you, you make sure it's latched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had when she had come over for dinner and with her crucifix and sat at our dining room table and we were talking. <laughs> and we, you know, it, we, we tried to divert all conversation away from things that went bump in our house to yeah. other things in modern day life. But she wanted to keep on steering around and steering around. And she, she forced the issue. She's like, well, okay, so what kind of things happen? And we're, we're like, um, you know, I mean, chairs move, and we told her the mudding trawl story and, and things like that. And like, we're like, occasionally, you know, doors move or open, and on cue, you hear the latch click, and the front door just swings open. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't stick around for the main course. She left. She was, she was, really? she was a little freaked out. Oh. Uh, I mean, couldn't have planned it any better. Sure. If we were a, an, a, an attraction, the timing on whoever was on that button was, yeah. was great. There was no wind that night. I mean, it was... It was. We had no doubt in our mind that it was mm-hmm. intentionally done by whoever was in that house. Yeah. Um, there's At least one, they have a sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, it was funny. It was. <laughs> I mean, it was. It, we we laughed about it. She wasn't laughing. No. Um, one piece of evidence I wish I had kept. Uh, it was a digital photograph. Uh, I had read once we started learning more about hauntings and paranormal activity. I had read that uh, you could take pictures in in glass or mirrors, and sometimes you'd get some sort of an image. And uh, I took a picture at an angle to this old mirror we, we had picked up, and, and uh, you could clearly make out, I cropped out, you could clearly make out a gentleman in a black hat, black coat, white shirt, black tie. 
uh, very very period looking, very maybe late 1800s mm-hmm. looking. Um, didn't think any of, anything of it, and uh, we had a guy working on our floors in the house once we moved to the to the living room and had exposed the beams, and we were replacing the floors with this great southern uh, pine and, and square head nails, and he was doing the work for us, and we had left him in the house, and we'd gone to run errands and things, and um, came home, and uh, he told us how he had seen an apparition. Uh, and we hadn't told him about the picture or the mirror or things like that. And sure. he described the image to a T to the picture I'd taken in the, in the mirror. Um, he says, yeah, I was on the floor nailing away and I got up and there was this guy standing right next to me. He says, I, I kind of had to leave the house because I wasn't sure what was going on. He says, sure. I, went, I went back in the house looking for him and he wasn't there. He was a bit unnerved. He finished the job, but uh, he was an old New England salty yeah. type. So. Um, so that's the one piece of evidence I wish I'd kept outside of the, the EVP. So at that point, we uh, we call in a, a ghost, a paranormal team. Uh, okay. The radio station I was working for up there at the time had a connection with a, uh, a company called True Ghost. Okay. A gentleman's name was Shane Savoyce, I think you should pronounce his last name. Really nice guy. He's still doing it to this day. And uh, his, he and his team came over. And we had done the research before they'd come over. We didn't share anything with them. And very top-notch team. They... they um, put a video camera in the basement uh, they, with, with the, the backlight and everything, and then they put digital recorders throughout pretty much the main floor of the bathroom, which I talked about, mm-hmm. and uh, the dining room and the living room, and then he put uh, two more recorders upstairs. And they had a team, I think, of four or five, if I remember correctly. And uh, first thing, they were monitoring the video feed, and they asked if anyone was down in the basement because they just saw some, something break the light source down there. Mm-hmm. Something, something passed and cast a shadow as if it were moving through the basement. Everyone was accounted for on the main floor and the, and the upstairs. Nobody was in the basement. So could it have been an animal? Could it have been a rat? Could it, sure. Okay. So we go about our business, and they go about their business, and they're asking questions. And they're doing the usual ghost uh, investigation stuff that you see on TV on yeah. any of these shows, asking all the questions, not provoking, not being loud or angry, just simply asking qualifying questions. Well, my w- wife and I um, had done our research, like I said, gotten as far back as like early 1800s and it turns out the house in in new hampshire was um the house to the headmaster of this old military school and he would stay in the military school was probably i don't know a city block down the road uh, as as distance goes and that was his residence that's where he would stay when he wasn't uh, teaching and minding the kids down at school uh and his last name was sullivan um and uh that's as far as we've gotten. Never shared any of this information with him. So the ghost team's done, and they're, they're chopping up the video and the audio. And, and, uh, and uh, Mike, the guy who was uh, on, on the audio editing, he calls us all over. He's just excited. He's like, he's, he's, he's like, uh, he's like, hey, I found something. I found something. And, and uh, you know, these are some of the EVPs we, we got uh, from this investigation. And, and if you want, you can throw out a title yeah. and... And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, let's. Uh, are, are all these EVPs from this? This. All of these are from that uh, particular investigation. Okay. Let me uh, let me kill our little background music here, and let's uh, let's listen to some EVPs. Let's start out. Let's go right down the list. It's uh, the first one. Uh, we're glad they're out. This one. Uh, they speculated that this was. Uh Something that was said as people were leaving the room. There was still plenty of conversation going on, but uh, I'll let you. I'll let you play it. Okay, let's take a listen to this uh, EVP, and uh, over here. Pretty clear. Let's oh, play it again. I hear that? Yeah, that's that's pretty damn and, clear for and, an EVP. And here's the thing: all of these EVPs were taken in between conversations. There's no. There's very little audio enhancement done to these. There's no, you know, dropping any sort of white noise or background noise. Yeah. I mean. Uh, these were all kind of snuck in. I remember in listening back to to the recordings. You know, we were all talking about our our business and things like that, and these things kind of crept up in between the human conversation. Sure. Um, so we we speculated that was that was spoken once um, someone had left a room once they were done. You know, asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that kind of concerned us is we always had thought it was a singular entity haunting. The fact that they're pluralizing, we're glad they're out, um, made us more aware to the fact that, you know, it's a party for, mm-hmm. for more than just one. Um, and why are they glad that... Maybe they just didn't want them there. Sure. That was, that was kind of the conversation we had. It wasn't necessarily they were mad or angry. They just didn't like being poked and prodded, I guess. Sure. Because yeah, I suppose if you're, you're in that side of things, right. <laughs> you know, 
You're kind of like an animal at a zoo. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. And at some point, you're like, okay, you I'm know, here. Yeah. I, you know the look on the gorilla's face at, exactly. the, at the Cedric Hunting Zoo? Or, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. It's like, y'all know I'm here. Seriously, go away. What's right. the big deal? Right. We've seen this before. Right. Okay. Uh, all for nothing. Yeah, and this is just a random, this really has no backstory. It's just a random, relatively clear. Okay. Let's take a listen. It's pretty clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, as far as class A, B, or C goes, you know, if we weren't, I guess, setting these up and telling you what they're labeled, mm-hmm. I still believe you'd you'd get a certain percentage of people who would hear sure. that. Mm-hmm. Let's say here, I'll play this one back actually without saying it, and then we can talk about what it is. Do you know what that one is? Give it to me again. Uh, sort of an I love you. That is what it's labeled? That this is... That's a little more difficult to yeah. hear than the other ones. Yeah, but. and that's what they speculated. You know, they're going to chop up and give us different, uh, sure. different degrees of what they believe they are. Sure, it could have been anything. It could have been just white noise. Here's another one from that home. Okay, I can hear that. See, I'm hearing do what he says. Do what he says. Okay. It almost eerily has that sound of like the reverse record. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which was interesting because we actually had somebody that uh, <laughs> was taking parts of our show the other day and reversing it and then trying to tell us <laughs> the hidden messages that we were. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, uh, not, not quite. I don't know, but it, 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 is, it was, in fact, though, disturbing just how clear sometimes reverse speech can sound. Uh-huh. Uh, let's do another one here. This is right behind you. Right. And when I sent you these EVPs, I wanted to give you varying degrees of clarity. And and that that one to me, even though that's what they labeled it, I hear it only because it's almost they tell me that's what it says. See, I thought it sounded like I'm behind you. I hear behind you. I hear behind you, yes. Yeah, the first part is difficult. I mean... The thing is with something like that, suddenly that piece of audio pops onto an otherwise completely flat line. Right. You know there's an EVP there, regardless of what we're all speculating that it's saying. Something generated yeah. noise. And that's the disturbing part. Like, what is this that's saying this? And here's uh, one more. Uh, and I, th- I think we've gone through all of them, except for this one. Um, take a listen to this. I'm Sullivan. Yeah. And that's the one he played. And, and my, my wife and I were like, no way. Um, because he had no idea what the, the backstory was to the house. We didn't tell him anything. And, and I'm Sullivan. And, and it was just, it gives you chills. It, it gives you, you know, do you, is one of the hauntings, is one of the, the, the people hanging out at the house, is that the old headmaster of the school, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it was, it was a pretty, pretty uh, interesting investigation, pretty interesting process to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, nothing malicious ever happened, uh, you know, till the, to the day we moved out of it. Uh, um, nothing bad, nothing scary. Mm-hmm. No one was hurt in the house. Animals were all fine. Um, now, you had mentioned that this property, too, was featured on Paranormal State and not, Lorraine Warren. Not this one. Not this one? Uh, not okay. Not this one, but okay. uh, there is a house in Maine, okay. uh, and that's why I mentioned the animals, because okay. I, I figured that was kind of the direction where we were heading. Okay. Uh, Paranormal State did a uh, show on a house in Maine, uh, 1226 West Road. It was just down the road from my boss's house at the time, and uh, he told me about it, and the, the backstory, the, the lore in town was that whether you were renting or buying, no one stayed in the house, and dogs couldn't live in the house. Uh, dogs were either dying in the house, or dogs were running out of the house mad into the road and getting killed. Oh, wow. Uh, and this was a recurring problem. It wasn't just like a, a, a singular incident. Yeah. This was over a period of years. Uh, bad things were happening in this house. And I put this house on the list to talk about because um, there's a couple houses, I guess, in Maine we'll talk about that gave me just a really unnerving, bad feeling. Okay. You know, some of the hauntings I've been in and, and the things I've seen never really made me feel like I was in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the first time I can honestly say I was... I was not wanting to be anywhere near that house anymore. Uh, we pull up the house, um, and this was long before the, the investigation had been done by Paranormal State. We were just curious. So we pull up the house, we start. We, we get into the driveway, and it's, a, it's the middle of the day. 
and we start looking in windows and, and there's, you know, dishes in the kitchen on the counters, half eaten food, um, you know, clothing on the bed, uh, one suitcase still opened up. I mean, people left in a hurry. Yeah. There were something happened. Yes. Made them get out. Um, so we found that sort of fascinating. We did a lap around the house. Now, uh, when we got to the house, it was, you know, fresh air of Maine, typical Maine smells, pine trees, things like that. Sure. Um, you know, no smells in my car, no odor, nothing that really tipped us off. So we did a lap around. I felt a little uneasy. I felt like that, that someone's watching kind of tingle, but uh, it wasn't excessive. Uh, so uh, I wasn't really my, my I wasn't really alarmed at that point. So we, we kind of got bored. You know, there was nothing really going on. There was mm-hmm. no way. <laughs> there was we were jiggling doors to see if any of them were open. I mean, you know, we, curios, curiosity got the best of us. Sure. Nothing happened. We were on, on property for about I don't know fifteen twenty minutes. We got back in the car, and um, there in inside the car there was this smell of I, I can only describe it as death. I mean, it was it was it was the most disgusting smell and I, I was i was a commercial fisherman i was a lobsterman i've, I've had my my head in bait barrels and and i've been there so it takes a lot to get you this was this yeah. was disgusting okay. um, this this did not smell normal or natural um and we wanted off property fast um you know it, it, at that point it went from a tingly sensation in your hair standing up to you felt a heavy oppressive yeah um ominous kind of and it was invading your space yeah i mean it was in your vehicle it wasn't like you walked into a room of the house and oh shit yeah here's this it wasn't like a window rattled yeah just to let us know there was something in there and it didn't want us in there yeah it was in the vehicle with us mm-hmm. um and yeah we were done we, we we couldn't start the car fast enough were you the only one that had that feeling oh no no, no shit yeah we were both we, we, we were both a little nauseous uh very just that very heavy um oppressive kind of feeling for lack of a better description sure um there's there's, there's a weight there that you know is not good like you know when you go to the uh to get an x-ray and they put the uh the the lead jacket on you Uh similar to that kind Mm -hmm. of tightness around you um that's the only way i can really describe it so would you do you consider yourself someone who is is sensitive to these things okay yeah okay Uh, most most definitely um you know um i could walk into a room and and know right off Mm-hmm. Typically, okay. Um, if there's been activity or there's a you know, suspicion of activity or, or mm-hmm. something like that, so um, the other house um, in in that part of southern New England, this one was in New Hampshire, in uh, Alton, Acton, was that on the main main New Hampshire border, and we were looking for a house to rent, and it was this really great old house down this long dirt driveway that was you know canopied by trees, very very almost uh, Dallas TV show-esque as far as those long ranch... South Fork. Yeah, 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 very much so. But the main version of South Fork. Okay. Okay. Uh, Because you could just barely see the the side of the house Uh uh, at the end of this this long shrouded driveway. But, man, we pulled up and it opens up and there's this yard and this old cape. And we're like, okay, this is cool. We met the person there and they showed us around and and fell in love with the place. And and, uh, uh, the only part that was going to be a challenge was the stairway was very narrow. And I bring up the stairway because it it plays a part in the story. It was very narrow. um, So we were wondering how we were going to get all our furniture up there. Uh, But once you got upstairs, it was this big open dormer loft space. And it was just really terrific. Lots of great characters. We we were ready. We were going to go home and talk about it. We didn't want to appear too eager. But we were ready to, to sign the lease on this place. That night, um, I woke up uh, screaming uh, religiously, you know, by the power of God, I command you to leave this house. And I had just woken up from a nightmare that was taking place in that house we had looked at earlier that day. And it was this really, I was at the bottom of that stairwell yelling at something up in that dormered loft area. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I I sat up, scared the the bejesus out of of my my wife, obviously, and... and, uh, and uh, she was shaking me, and, and I, was, I was commanding what was ever in that house to get out. And it wasn't just a one random time, you know, yell at once, then fall back to sleep. I was, sure. I was sitting up, and I, was, I wanted it out. Um, and I hadn't had a dream like that really ever. Mm-hmm. Um, a nightmare where I've woken up and, and really been that 
determined to to get away from whatever it was that was inside my head. Yeah. Um, so at that point, we decided we weren't going to rent the house. Um, <laughs> yeah. When they asked uh, later, so why aren't you? Why did you decide not to get this place? Did you say, well, a demon came into me at night? You know, and, uh, we we, did, we didn't go into too much detail, but we're not we're not the typical movie type of couple that uh, you know the couples you see in the movies where they they they're looking around the house and things fall off the walls and and uh, the noises are made. And they're like, huh. Well, isn't that peculiar? And they still stick around. Yeah, no, no. You know, yeah. we're, if it were just a, a, a thing falling off the wall or a little bump in the night or something, sure. we probably could have done all right with it. Yeah. But this was full on. That, that's a red flag to yeah. us. And you, yeah. have, you have to be smart about stuff like that. And you never know what exactly is going to happen when. And that's one of the most disturbing things. Because we get stories a lot where somebody had a, a nightmare of some sort. And you can write them off to a certain extent, but a lot of them end up, you know, it starts with like one bad one bad nightmare, right? And then they stick around, and it keeps happening. And then things start happening in real life, in association with it. And you can, it gets really disturbing. And yeah. usually, if, if you know or you don't know if if that was just a nightmare, we've all had nightmares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure you could easily have told, you know, could tell that that was not just a bad dream. That was not your normal bad dream. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was uh, definitely terrifying. Well, and especially if you're sensitive. Somebody that's not sensitive yeah. could easily move in that house and not have a thing happen. But it's like when you're sensitive, it's like you have a paranormal kick me sign on your back. Yeah. Things just happen to you. But Ken, let me ask you this to, to people, because you two are the sensitives in the room and, and I'm I'm not so much. I mean, I can I can tell what something's really bad, but I'm not really good at picking up like the mediocre bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, the middle of the road, not so like, good. I can pick up the it clown if it was a ghost, yep, but I, but yep, I couldn't okay. pick up Ronald McDonald. Speaking okay. of that, I'm going to so, go off topic for just a second. Okay. Are you watching American Horror Story? No, I do not, I'm not. Twisty the clown is the greatest thing ever. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so that's my level if, okay. on the scale of of ghost clowns. Um, but you guys could probably could probably pick up a ghost Ronald McDonald. Well, I could not. Um, so on that, I completely forgot what my question was. Oh, okay, here here's the question. So, in a house like that, because you had said if, you know, a sensitive could pick this up right away. Let's say I move into the house, okay? Um, Could these entities, or would these entities, uh, make themselves known to someone who is not sensitive to them? I personally believe yes. Um, You know, knowing what we know, I think it would just require a bit more energy on their part. Okay, that was what I was going to say. But yeah, I mean, I I believe that if they want to be known um they make themselves known to anyone yeah, yeah. okay okay no it's, i agree because i can't believe that everybody that gives us yeah. a story is because they're sensitive. sure right i think people you know like ian and i that have things happen throughout our life mm-hmm. in multiple locations you know yeah. we're on the sensitive spectrum you guys get the dvd extras and i just get yep. the, yeah the yeah we get the easter eggs and all that and, i see yeah. um okay you know and, and it, it's funny um we had tried all the tricks in in the past when we'd either you know go into a new home or things started happening um i can i'm, I'm here to tell you for us smudge sticks did not work smudging mm-hmm. did you know, to the point where if we're watching a paranormal show on tv and they suggest that and you see these people waving these these smudge sticks or, yeah i just I, I shake my and and in my mickey mouse voice that trick never or my my rocky Bullwinkle voice that trick never works it it, it it never worked for us smudging for whatever reason uh, and it works for some and sure. i don't know whether it works for some because they are in tune to that particular method mm-hmm. uh, and and it just it's almost a placebo for them and it convinces them that things have stopped or whether it truly works for because that's what they so strongly believe in. Sure. Yeah, and we've heard every variation, I think, on smudging where it, it works wonders, uh, doesn't do anything at all, or that it stirs things up even more. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I think it really... I'm kind of with you on that. I think it really depends on the person yeah. and, and what the intent is and what their background is in it. And I think there's probably a whole process there. And it's, I know I, I kind of jumped around, but uh, I want to get back to West Road real quick. Okay. Uh, because I just realized there was something I left out, and that was that once they did come and do the investigation, once Paranormal State did come and do the investigation, they brought along Lorraine Warren. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it turns out that after some digging, literally, uh, whoever had originally uh, been in this house had uh, been performing some sort of ritualistic sacrifices of animals and they were burying the bones along with these weird coins uh, at the 
corner points of the of the lot at the mm-hmm. at the, the points of the lot the north the, the north south east and west points of the lot uh the the, the what they call them markers i guess um and that they found four individual piles of bones um so they did whatever they did felt necessary sure. blessings of the house and things like that and and the activity stopped and i think people i, I kind of looked up the history of the house before i came over here tonight and i think people are living in the house now and, it, and there's been no further report of activity but mm-hmm. um I find that sort of fascinating. One of those things where it's humans who brought it in, yeah, at some point with intent, which is which is kind yeah. of a good uh, a good topic for this for this show, considering just out in theaters this past weekend that the Ouija movie. We've oh all, God, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, you know, we we've all played with Ouija boards, and it's and, Ouija Awareness Month as we talk about yeah. it on the show. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> Uh, friends don't let friends Ouija alone. Or exactly. Something. Yes. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's one of those things where there, it's, I said by spring, we are going to have, and, and, and we get a lot of Ouija stories as it is, but we're going to have an influx yep. of stories from people going, I saw the movie and I got a Ouija board for Christmas or whatever. We went and bought one for a party. And all this yep. shit happened. Yep. Yeah. The only uh, Ouija board I want to own, and um, this was when I was in my antiquing mode, is, is I want to own one of the original ones. I think Feld was the company that first started putting them out mm-hmm. before Milton Bradley bought them or Parker Brothers bought them. Um, 19, I did some look up on the history. I think it's like 1912 from Baltimore is where they first kind of came. Okay. I'd love to own one of the original. I'd love to track down an original board just to have as a... Are you, are, is it is it the so you feel like the board really is there's nothing that's going to harm you with the board it's more so what's coming through it it's more yes. like it's the conduit the, it's the just the board the board yeah the board is exactly that it's the conduit it's it's the people who present the opportunity in that particular time and space for something bad to come through mm-hmm. um, does it work I firmly believe it does have you ever used one yes as a child we used one and uh, our backstory this is what we believed. Um, that we were talking, and we and we we actually went up to the the graveyard where they where whoever it was we were talking to on the board said they were. We were talking to these two boys who uh, had drowned. They said they had drowned uh, up in Kenny Bunkport, and they were buried up there. And they gave us their names, and we and we found the graveyard. And I I you know I can't explain it. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they 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 led us to them. Mm-hmm. Um, now at that point I was out. I I was yeah you know, I was in high school, and I'm like yep no I'm good. I've I've seen enough. My friend, where most of the time we went over to her house to use the board, she kept on using it, and she um, told stories of, of uh, hearing footsteps in her hallway and her bedroom door opening and closing and things like that. Nothing ever really super malicious happened, but she, she stopped using it at that point, too. She felt she had invited, even if we were talking to these two little boys, we had invited something into our house, and, mm-hmm. and it had to be known that it was time to stop messing sure. up. Sure. Or was the entity just using the little two boys' right. names as a conduit and a, you know, a, a focal point of, oh, yeah, it's just two innocent little boys? Because that so often is the case where it's kids. Yep, they lure you in. There's, they say that they're kids that are talking through the board, and then it ends up being something. So we, I, I feel, calmer and saner heads prevailed at the right time. I, fe- I still to this day believe if we had kept on using it, uh, bad things would have happened. Bad things would have happened, and I say that in the sense that it could have increased paranormal activity, or it could have just maybe unbalanced our psyche a bit more. We could have gotten, sure. we could have gotten too wrapped up in it as kids. Sure, um, you know, I'll play both sides of the coin. I'm not going to sit here and say that we would have all been possessed and started you know, having our heads spin <laughs> on our shoulders. We could have simply just had been too wrapped up, sure, and convinced ourselves yeah. of the lie that may have been the Ouija board. Sure, sure, sure. On that note of the Ouija board, um, and I wanted to ask you this earlier when you were talking about the mirror, where mm-hmm. you took that picture. The mirror that you took the picture uh, in, right. was that a mirror that was existing in the house? No. Was it one of your personal mirrors was that one, you just had? It was one we, we had actually picked up in, 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 a, in a flea market. Uh, okay, a flea market mirror. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was... Uh, so yeah. it wasn't like a Target mirror? Nope. Okay. No, it was an old flea market mirror. It had okay. this great uh, embellishment, almost a gold color. I think it was paint. I don't think it was actually real, real gold. Um and it was, we left it, we didn't try to restore it. It was all flaked and, mm-hmm. and, and had a little bit of patina on it. And the, and the, the sure. mirror itself could have used a bit more uh, restoration. But we, it, we, it had some this cool character to it. We put it in a play, place in the house where we were never going to use it as a, really a functioning mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been more of a funhouse mirror as far as what you could see and what you couldn't see okay. your, your reflection. <laughs> sure. Um, but it just sat there. And, and I just, on a whim one day, decided to take a, pic- a few pictures in it and see what happened. Sure. And, and again, uh, you know, this is back in the day when and digital cameras were, were still in their infancy, and, mm-hmm. and 
I saw the image mm-hmm. and it met in it and it and it matched the description of our handyman. Sure. Um, some people could still explain it away as a coincidence. Because I wanted to talk about just just mirrors in general, because that's a whole other thing right. that that people have different opinions on. Of is it, and it kind of relates to the Ouija. Is it the mirror itself that is haunted right. when you have things like that, or is it the conduit? So does it necessarily does it matter if the mirror is from Target, or does it matter if it was a flea market mirror, and God knows what right. its history was, uh, or maybe it was just one from your family? You know, does that make a difference in 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 a mirror picking up something. Thoughts? Uh, again, for me, it's it's the conduit. Um, a mirror is going to provide another way for ghosts, spirits, the undead, demons mm-hmm. to to communicate with us. Um, you know, it's it's like you know, do you choose college ruled paper over wide ruled paper? It's it's really just a, a a conduit for us to write our words and express our feelings. Mm-hmm. In the same way, you could look at a mirror that way. It doesn't necessarily have to be the age of the mirror, while we can go back full circle and, and talk about how objects can be haunted, I don't believe every mirror needs to be haunted in, the, in order for you to pick up images or see things or, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Is there anything you avoid buying? Because we don't buy old mirrors, like, no. for that purpose. Is there anything that you avoid getting just no, for... No, not really. No? Um, I'm not too for lack of a better word, squirrely about sure. things. I mean, I, I kind of uh, take things as they come, so to sure. speak. Have you ever had an object or anything that you've purchased that, or, or was given to you or whatever, just came into your possession nope. that you felt had anything associated with it? No, not that I've ever connected the dots on. No. Um, the, the only objects that, uh, that we can say uh, caused any sort of activity were the ones we started the show with, and that was the ones in England, the, 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 the war, the sure. mobilia, things like that. But okay. no, I've, I've never purchased anything a box or a cube or yeah. whatever movie artifact you see typically in, in most of our modern day horror tellings um i've never purchased anything that's made me feel that i shouldn't have okay so. let me ask you this because i know you had mentioned it um the the night the hague visited you was that that story you just told no, of the house this no. is a separate this is this this was um this was really my only physical um okay um paranormal uh, moment or, or instance um, and I didn't learn it was called the Hag, and I'm and I'm and I'm labeling it the Hag because that's the closest thing I can figure out to what it is. Uh, sure, and it's a common y- it, reference. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea behind it is it's a curse and things. Like, and we learned this. We were down in Savannah, and um, and uh, we were on a ghost tour, uh, walking ghost tour Savannah, and it was great. And, and he started talking about the Hag, and the Hag was something that um, people in the South would would send upon their enemy as a, as a, as a curse and to to scare them, to to unnerve them, to to do them. Uh, a certain level of physical harm, that sort of thing. And, and so um, this is something I connected the dots on then to an incident that happened years ago. I'm, I'm in my house, and I had fallen asleep on the couch. And uh, we, my daughter had just been born, and so we had nightlights everywhere uh, mm-hmm. just so we could see where we were going if we needed to wake up and, and what have you. And, and um, so I'm falling asleep on the couch. TV was off. Uh, light above the stove in the kitchen. It was a pretty small uh, townhouse we were renting. Light above the stove in the kitchen was on. So, we, again, one of those instances where you could clearly make out and define objects in the room from the sure. TV to the lamp that wasn't on to the chairs and so on and so forth. And so I woke up realizing I had fallen asleep on the couch. And at the very instant I attempted to get up, I couldn't. Um, and I'm, I'm a relatively strong individual when I want to be, I couldn't move. And then once I realized I couldn't move, I also realized I was having some really difficult time breathing. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a defined weight on my chest, much heavier than what we referenced earlier as far as that, that lead jacket they give you in x-rays. This was something sitting on my chest, like an elephant was parked on my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started, all I could muster was some sort of a, a moan or a groan, and it was a, it was a panicked, a very panicked. Okay, I'm I'm in in some sort of danger here, kind of panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I eventually was was making enough noise so that my wife came downstairs, turned lights on, and it stopped. Um, and to this day, I have I have absolutely no explanation other than. Uh, what I learned later on down the road was that, uh, and, and, and I don't know, was somebody mad at me? 
Did someone actually send the hag on me? Uh, was this uh, collection of townhouses, you know, we, we, we ran through all the possible scenarios. Was sure. the collection of townhouses built on some sort of, you know, southern Maine Native American burial ground? Or we, we didn't know. Were your eyes, did you, were you able to open your eyes? Did you see anything? Eyes were open, nothing was there. Okay. Eyes were open, nothing was there. I, you know, as I was struggling, as I was trying to get up off the couch, mm-hmm. I could still, again, see the furniture, see the okay. lights in the room. Um, so you never actually saw the hang, nope. but that's because essentially it's, it's the sleep paralysis yes. is what it's, essentially it is. Yep. But it's such a terrifying experience. I mean, and that's the thing, because we go around and around on this. Mm-hmm. Is, is it sleep paralysis? You know, is it is it just literally a mental state or right. is there something paranormal going on here? What what do you feel? I mean, now that I mean, you went through it. You obviously have had some time to yeah. to, to look back and contemplate it. Um, what do you do? You think that was a paranormal experience for you, or do you think it was literally just a, a mental state? I'm I'm going to err on the side of caution and and call it a mental state only mm-hmm. because I have no explanation as to why it would be some sort of paranormal activity. I didn't do enough research mm-hmm. on the area, the house. Um, Again, I don't believe I had any enemies at the time that I knew of. Sure. Um, there were no other instances leading up to that. Mm-hmm. No other things going bump in the night, nothing being moved, nothing like that. Um, and we'd been there for quite some time, months. Sure. Um, so that's why I'm going to err on the side of caution. I mean, you know, I, I can't sit here and, and expect to think that everything that I can't explain in my life is going to be blamed on the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you it was scary. Scary sure. as hell. Scary. Yeah. Just, I mean... You know, they're, they're that and the, the shadow figure on the porch swing. Those are the two things that really yeah. have happened to me in my life that have, have, have unnerved me. I had that experience, the Hague thing once, too. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, it did freak the hell out of oh, me. Oh, yeah. And I, it was in Wausau, Wisconsin. I, I didn't really know a whole lot about my surroundings or the building I was in. Um, it was my apartment. It was a, above a bookstore in an old downtown area. And very, you know, 1800s built building. Um, and... I woke up one night, um, and, and I was sitting kind of propped up on my pillows, a little bit elevated. I don't know if I was reading or watching TV or something, but I wasn't just like flat out down. But I, I remember opening my eyes. I couldn't move. Yeah. But uh, what I felt, and, and I, I can't describe it as, as heavy, all I, all, the way I describe it, what I felt, it felt like a cloud moved through me. Okay. It felt like something I could not see. Um, was just very slowly just inching its way right through me just as if like a cloud of smoke was doing it. And it felt like it took forever. In reality, it probably was like a 10-second experience. Right. Um, and then it was through me, and I could move. And I didn't know what the hell to yeah. think. It freaked me. I put a crucifix above my bed the next night. You, you, like, don't, you don't sleep for the rest no, of the night. No. no. I, well, I, I was just like, I, I literally, I was like a child. I put the covers over my head yeah. and I just sat there, freaked the hell out. Um, shortly thereafter, then I did some research into it and what I found unnerved me uh, I, I, because I, I'd found information on the, the old Hague thing and the sleep paralysis. And that was the first thing that was kind of explained to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and I could, I could see the psychological end of it and how that makes total sense. Right. Um, but then I also found out that the block that I lived on was actually one of the most haunted in the state of Wisconsin. Okay. Like all these buildings have all these stories to them. Um, and the wall, which would have been my bedroom wall where this thing, I guess, if it went through me, it went through that wall. Right behind me uh, would your old stairwell that goes up from the a downtown you know, storefront yeah. upstairs of the apartments. Um, and that would be the, the stairwell right behind my wall, essentially. And that stairwell consistently has a story of a residual haunting of a woman carrying her baby up and down the stairwell that people will okay. see as they walk by. Right. So, not... Like a super disturbing, they're seeing evil entities, but still a haunting right there, literally four feet behind where this happened. Yeah. Um, so that bugged me. <laughs> and then all the other things just around that area is an old opera house right there, an old former hotel kitty corner. And it's just, it's packed with stuff. Right. And well documented stuff. So I, I, again, I'm kind of, you know, I'm with you. I, I, I like to try and err on that side of, I don't think that this was. Yeah. Because I didn't see anything. I'm, I was told that 
when you're in that state, you can see if your mind generates things out there, you can see other things. Yeah. But there's been some really messed up things that people have seen that correlate to other aspects of their life that they didn't know about. And, and that's the other thing, too. I think if I had seen something, I would be able to lean one way or another and, and say sure. for sure whether it was a haunting or what have you. But almost makes you wish you did see something, doesn't it? Just to, <laughs> well, just to put some closure. I don't know. I don't know whether I want to tempt fate because who knows what you could have seen, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. So, yeah. uh, but uh, again, and there have been, there have been other things, you know, you talk about being sensitive and, and I just, I explain them away, but you know, you walk into a room and you smell something, you know, my, my, my wife now, when we lived in Virginia, uh, lived in a quadplex and the gentleman upstairs had passed in his house and his wife was still there. And we, uh, neither one of us smoked. Uh, no one was allowed to smoke in these apartments, uh, mm-hmm. that we were in downstairs, but the upstairs, um, she said, yeah, he would sneak a cigarette from time to time. We smelled the odor of cigarette smoke after his weeks after his passing. Uh, permeating down into our bedroom space, you know things mm-hmm. like that. You walk into an old house in New Hampshire and you smell ham, and you and it's in a funny spot in the room, and you realize that it's in a part of the house where there used to be a kitchen that is no longer a kitchen. You mm-hmm. know, there shouldn't be ham there. there. Sh- but boy, am I getting hungry! You know, um, things like that. They have you know, the piggery, right? Exactly. You know, there are, there are dozens of things that you just you get yeah. in the habit of just either being okay with or explaining away or not being bothered by. Sure. Uh, but the stories here that I've, that I've told, these are the more memorable um, instances sure. uh, that have I, happened. I have to ask you before we wrap up the show today, okay? Um, because you are now at, at the radio station right. that I used to be at, and I'm sure you've heard net from plenty of people ghost stories about yep. the building. Yep. And, and I've heard many of them too. I've never had anything happen there. I've always felt so comfortable in that building. And I've worked at a haunted radio station before and some other buildings that were just creepy as hell and probably should have been haunted. Sure, sure. But of all of them that I've ever worked at, honestly, that building to me has been like the feeling the most welcoming. I mean, I, I it always felt warm. I never felt anything odd. How uh, about you? Um, once. Okay. Uh, and only just that, that, that tingling on the back of the neck thing. My, my wife now, she's coming to the radio station. Uh, it was after the uh, Jake Owen show. Okay. And it was late. I was returning the van and taking the keys back. And you're familiar with the hallway. You walk in the door. Mm-hmm. You turn right to go hang the keys up. She was waiting by the chair, where, right by the front door. Where okay. all the, she's like, I don't need to go in there. Sure. Uh, she, she considers herself relatively sensitive, too. She, you know, this could be another whole topic. She's, she had, uh, when she was a nanny uh, for a family up in Connecticut, um, very real, scary, haunting of Connecticut kind of stuff happened in, in, really? in, in, in and around this family. And, and so she's got a bunch of... The movie, the movie The Conjuring made her cry. She, she hit too close to home. That's really? the kind of stuff she's seen. So I okay. don't... I don't, I don't uh, Will she come on the show sometime? She might. She might. I don't know. Uh, I can certainly <laughs> talk to her about it. But uh, she... Stuff like that unnerves her. She, she, while she is fascinated and likes seeing what Hollywood can generate as far as possession movies and, mm-hmm. and exorcism movies and things like that... Um, she has a much more real frame of reference. But. Okay. So I was walking, hanging the keys up, and there was that, that tingling. But for the most part, you know, I've explained stuff away. I was down in the lower level one time, and, uh, and the bathroom door closed by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, I've explained that away as when another door or something uh, passes in that building, whether it be a breeze or the, there's, there's that little kitchen downstairs, if that door were to open or mm-hmm. close, uh, just the... Pressure. Vacuum yeah. and the pressure yeah. causes that bath. So I've explained that away. And there's raccoons up in the ceiling. Yeah, and it, and it makes it makes me <laughs> it makes me feel better to explain sure. it that way. What I, I go into the Elvis room, which which I've been told is is uh, someone to be, died in that room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love working in the Elvis room. Yeah, I feel most at home. In it the is kind of cozy back it's there. It's cozy. It's cold. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, other than those two minor instances, uh, I've nothing. Never, yeah. I've never felt uh, any danger or. Sure. or um, weirdness in, in, in that building. I've, everyone's telling me the stories. and, and yeah. I, well, yeah, My theory on it is, it, because I say I can only seem to pick up on fairly dark things, right. just, I think it's just fear that's kicking into sure. me, fight or flight, sure. um, is I think anything that is haunting it, and a lot of people have attributed to who these people may be that are haunting it, and they tend to go back to like the original owners, right. or, or recent original owners, you know, for the long periods of time there. Um when it was the, the great empire stations. Yes. Um, and for those people, if those indeed are the ones that are haunting it, it was a very happy place. And and for most of the people, I think that if they are haunting it, it was a place they loved. And so 
that's maybe why I don't ever feel anything there. I want to be around uh, if they ever start doing renovations. That would be interesting. Because they do. I mean, yeah. it's it's an old building. It's yeah. a nice building. But it, it could certainly, if, if you want... They start pulling the barn board off. I want to be around <laughs> yeah. for that. I want to be around at night for that. Yeah, because seriously, I mean, that... Because the, the, this building, it's a country radio station. It's it's one... It's a very old one in the United States. And uh, scholars are called KFDI. And it was... Uh, Preeminent, like it was one of the biggest country stations, and still is. Yeah. Um, you know, but its history is is huge, and yeah. and so many big names came through there. And they they, when it was designed, it was designed to look very country. We're talking the barn board and all of Radio that. Ranch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah radio. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it was called. So there's, and it was put on by those people who they think may be possibly haunting, because and they they loved the look of that building. Yeah. You know, the paneling and the so if that went away. As addictive yeah. as radio is, I find it hard to believe that the ghosts of the people who died in that building wouldn't want to stick around, even yeah. even in the afterlife. I mean, you know, we've 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 all been enamored by radio and the idea of radio, sure. and it, it can be addictive. And and have you had your volume pots turn up and down by themselves yeah. yet? Yep, I've had that. Um, so I guess I can say I've had something, but I just write it off to a malfunctioning board. And our engineer. Uh, Explains yeah. that away, but that activity has actually picked up um, quite a bit here recently. And interesting, interestingly enough, you bring that up. Uh, we replaced the board. Yeah, um, like, and it happens on other boards. Yes, it's not. It, it wasn't just like a faulty board. You're right. We just like within a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, put in the the original board back in that was having some work done, and it's happening on that board too. Yeah, I've yeah. Um, so I'll let the engineer explain that away if it makes him sleep better at night. Uh, I like to think someone's messing with me, and I'm okay with it, you know, because yeah. it, it doesn't it, it doesn't rattle me. And I figure if sure. they see it's not going to rattle me, then well, whatever. And it's interesting because it's not just one faulty pot. That, that's what a board is. The things on the boards are called yeah. are called pots. Um, it's uh, your headphones, headphones studio, studio monitor. monitor. Yep, those are the two. They will turn by them. I mean, the, the knob will not physically turn but that the, I've witnessed, but no. but the the level, level will increase or, or, or decrease. decrease just and and another thing that leads me to believe that it's it's um being intentionally done by someone in that building that we can't see yeah uh is they know when to do it right before just as you're putting your headphones on right before you're getting to turn them getting ready to turn yeah. the microphone on that's when it happens the because timing is the pretty timing, interesting it's not a coincidence it's not no i think there is probably more to that than i i don't know if i just kept telling myself it was it's the not board. like it's happening in the middle of the record no you know? right. It's right before you're getting to say something because they know that's when you, you're going to lose your concentration. Yeah, you're right. And the first time it happened, it worked. <laughs> doesn't work anymore. <laughs> oh, that is a fun place. That would be a good episode just to talk to a bunch of folks in there like I'd Carol like to, and some other folks. Yeah, and, I'd like to go there through there with digital recorders. And, and I mean, who knows? I, see what you can pick no up. No one's ever, I think, offered to do that. I think it would be great. That would be. That would be a good show. Maybe next year we could do that. Excellent. That would be, that would be fun. Ian Horn, thanks you for, uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your ghost stories with us. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, this was really a treat for me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. If you're not an EPP yet, please sign up to be one and support the show. Five bucks a month. You're going to do the $60 a year. You get a bonus episode of the show every single week sent to you, and you are putting some wind in our sails and keeping the show alive so uh, please consider doing that until next time for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thanks for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online <laughs> <laughs>